Hey there, and welcome to the 680 News Podcast. I'm your host, John Mace. On this weekly program, we get a chance to take a closer look at some of the week's biggest stories. And as usual, we'll also try to have a bit of fun. We've got a great show lined up for you this week. Coming up, we've got Josh McConnell on the phone, a tech expert for the National Post. He's going to fill us in on what was a big week for Google. I also ask him about the future of handheld devices and some advice for anyone in the market. But first, I'm going to take a smoke break. Roll another one. Now you may have heard the ads playing on your radio, hopefully it's tuned to 680 News. There's a couple in circulation about plain packaging. One ad talks about the results of plain packaging in Australia. The ad states it's boosted the sale of illegal cigarettes in that country, and that has helped fund gang activity. We'll see if we can get to the bottom of that, but we've also got an exclusive look at a brand new spot that's set to hit the airwaves in the coming days. The following is a paid commercial message brought to you by JTI McDonald. Hi, a cheeseburger, please. Which health warning do you want with that? The clogs arteries or the balanced diet warning? The government's policy of plain packaging on cigarettes is just a taster of what's to come. If it's introduced, fast foods and soft drinks could be next. Uh, just a can of cola with it. And which health warning would you like with that? Damages your liver or causes obesity? Lobbyists are already pushing for cigarette-style health warnings on fast foods and soft drinks. Does that seem right to you? Find out more at bothsidesoftheargument.ca. While campaigning for his job, Justin Trudeau promised plain packaging under an initiative for healthier kids. He received support from the Canadian Cancer Society, and then he became prime minister. Now what happens next isn't entirely clear. That's why tobacco companies are making a big media push to make sure that consumers know what's proposed. Based off what has happened in Australia, one argument is that plain packaging could increase the sale of illegal cigarettes, and that would result to a pretty sizable loss of tax revenue for the federal government. Caroline Evans is the Director of Corporate Affairs and Communications for JTI McDonald. So Caroline, how plain are we talking? Well, first of all, I'd say plain packaging is really a misnomer because there's nothing plain about it at all. Um, in Canada, we already have graphic health warnings that take up 75% of the front and back of every pack, and that doesn't change under plain packaging. What happens with plain packaging is that remaining small 25% that currently has trademarks and logos and graphics um, and product information would be stripped away. And this would be replaced with a uniform drab brown-green color um, that would just have the product name in a standardized font and a standardized size. So all products would look identical. So you say brown-green, that's just a uniform color? You don't get to color code it at all? No, that's the color that is used right now in Australia, which is the only country in the world that has plain packaging already in place. Okay. And that's the color that the Canadian government um, is showing in their consultation paper for plain packaging. Okay, and you get your brand in a small plain font. Yeah, what happens is you're allowed to have the brand name in a uniform um, font and a uniform font size. So it becomes really difficult for consumers to navigate the different products because all they have to go from are that word, that word mark. Okay, and our listeners are starting to hear a lot more spots. You know, we're starting to hear a lot more about it. Uh, so can you just bring us up to speed? Where are we in this process? Like, what's the timeline and what's next? Well, in terms of the timeline going forward, we don't know what that is because the government hasn't said. In terms of what's already happened, the government launched a short consultation starting on May 31st over the summer months, and that concluded on August 31st. Uh, we were concerned, actually, during that consultation period because we really hadn't been hearing public debate on plain packaging, and we were concerned that Canadians weren't aware that this was being proposed and that their voices weren't being heard. 
So this is when we launched our campaign, really to, to spark that public debate on both sides of the argument. Um, in terms of what happens next, uh, the consultation period is closed, so the government will be reviewing those submissions. And our hope is that they're now going to take the necessary time um, to look at those consultations, to see what Canadians have said, and to really think about what the consequences of plain packaging would be. Okay, so my first specific question to you, JTI McDonald, how do you think plain packaging would affect your consumers? I, I'm not a cigarette smoker, but friends of mine who are have one brand that they purchase. So how do you think a plain package would affect the day-to-day consumer? Well, for day-to-day consumers, I'd say that the reality is when you remove branding, which for consumers is their guide to quality, um, and it's their guide to recognize the packs that are familiar to them, consumers will probably start looking um, just at price when they're making their decision on what to buy. And the danger of that is that once price becomes the most important factor in a purchasing decision, people are looking for the cheapest product in the market. Um, And ultimately what that means is the cheapest product in the market is illegal tobacco, Um, And that's where we're really concerned that we're going to see a spike. And this is what what happened in Australia. So after plain packaging came into effect, consumers started trading down to cheaper cigarettes and ultimately into that illegal market. And they saw a spike in Australia of about 21% increase in illegal sales. So, yeah, that's what I was just about to ask next. What happened in Australia? Because I'm I'm having a hard time imagining, like, if, you know, I walk into my convenience store and purchase my cigarettes, if, if they're all plain, will I really go to back doors to get my cigarettes? Well, you would if those are the cheapest products in the market. So in a market where you don't have illegal tobacco, you would probably trade down to the cheapest. But in a market like Canada, where you have already one in five cigarettes being sold um, is illegal, that option is too readily available. And in Australia, what, yeah, what they found there is that people did tend towards the illegal market, which had been much less of a problem before. So for us in Canada, that's really the concern. Okay, so I want to ask as well, uh, why, why should a non-smoker care about plain packaging? You know, it's probably, you, you know, you, you face it every day. Some people have, you know, I can't sugarcoat it, negative uh, feelings towards a, a company like yourself. So why, why should they care if your sales are decreased? Well, it's not about that. Really, plain packaging will impact all Canadians. And first, I would say it's because of the illegal market. And I'll just take a step back to explain why um, the illegal market does increase. And it's because if you have all packs that are looking the same, um, and it becomes really hard to differentiate one product from another, what that does is it makes illegal cigarettes really easy to counterfeit. So it becomes really simple and really cheap for counterfeiters to make an identical um, pack and imitate a legitimate product. And that's a counterfeit market that we don't yet have in Canada. So to answer your question in terms of why should all, you know, why should non-smokers care? Because the impact extends way beyond the tobacco industry. Um, if you increase illegal sales and you increase the market of illegal tobacco, you are increasing criminality. And you're also making it much easier for young people to access tobacco products. Mm-hmm when they're not being sold in stores through retailers that are checking for ID, and when they're sold at about one-tenth the price of regular cigarettes, then it becomes all too accessible. So that's a real concern. And then I'd also add in terms of why Canadians should generally care is it's a slippery slope. So you may not be a smoker, so you may not particularly care that brands were being removed, but if the precedent is set with cigarettes, I think it's very likely that we'll see that trend um, continuing on other products. So what would be next? Would it be fast food or alcohol? So it's, it's an issue of, you know, a company's intellectual property. You're not being able to 
brand the way you want it to. That's it. I mean, obviously, our brands are an important asset for us. Um, and as a legal company, we invest in our brands and we use design um, to compete with other tobacco products that adult smokers can choose. And when you strip the branding, which is the, the inks and the complex design features, then it really becomes a counterfeiter's dream. Okay, that's great. We'll uh, pass that along. Uh, thanks so much for your time. I think that's all. Thanks, John. That was Caroline Evans with JTI McDonald. We'll try to bring you someone from the other side of the fence in the coming weeks. For now, check out bothsidesoftheargument.ca and go to JTI McDonald's Facebook page where there's a pretty heated ongoing debate. Now, unless you've been frozen in time and have just woken up, you've probably heard of Google. The search engine giant had a pretty big week announcing it's going head-to-head -head with Apple and investing big time into hardware. Now I turn to a friend to make sense of it all and to get an idea of where our handhelds are headed. Josh McConnell is a reporter and producer for the Financial Post Tech Desk. Josh, thanks for taking time to join me on the show today. It's not every day I get a, a tech reporter on the other line, so why don't you just tell me what that involves? Like, do you get to play with toys all day? Yeah, it's a little bit of everything. There's a lot of um, talking with industry folk and just kind of, you know, cutting through the noise. You're, you're, there's always lots of tech stuff going on, so you have to kind of find the, the stories that resonate with people and, and what kind of has the, the biggest impact, but also kind of the cool niche stories as well. So you play with some tech toys here and there, but a lot of it is just kind of making sense of it all. And on the tech beat, there's no excuse not being on the latest platforms. You know, you shared stories just about on everything, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, that could be mobile, that could be desktop, that could be laptop. Um, I try to kind of keep tabs on everything. And, and even just from a personal perspective, I've always been interested in tech. So um, you kind of always, out of personal interest, follow the stuff and want to play with the new stuff. But uh, it, it's nice to be able to do that for work now, too. Okay, cool. So let's jump right into this week. This is why we uh, started talking. Uh, Google took the spotlight this week. Uh, what did they announce? So uh, the big deal this week is they're making hardware now. Before, they, they've always been, you know, software focused. They've had a couple devices here and there, like, you know, their um, digital streaming device for your TV, uh, the Chromecast. But before, they'd always party with uh, or partner with third parties. So, you know, their, their Nexus line might have been manufactured by HTC. Now they're taking a page. The big deal is they're taking a page from from Apple, and, and they're kind of have them in, in their their focus because they said, okay, we make the software, but now we want to design the hardware as well and, and bring it under our own wing. So then that way we can control the complete experience. So long story short, they're they're doubling down kind of on 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 hardware, and they're saying, hey, now we want to unify our various uh, hardware units. And, and we want to actually design the hardware, and they basically announced a new phone that does exactly that, and, and they call it Made by Google, and it's their Pixel phone, and, and that is, allows them to kind of control the full smartphone experience. Okay, great. So uh, if I'm not mistaken, you got a pretty exclusive rundown of one of the key features of this phone, sort of what it's hoping separates itself from all the competitors. Uh, so take me through what you've learned about this assistant that they're featuring. Yeah, so Google Assistant, they've had something called Google Now before, and they've had it for a couple of years where, you know, it looks at your Gmail address, it looks at kind of your behaviorals, whether it's, you know, search history or what you do on Google Images or Google Maps, and they would kind of give you information saying, okay, hey, you're in this area, you like this kind of thing, go to this spot, or hey, we see you booked this flight, uh, confirm, you know, when you're in this town, do you want this car rental or whatever. And those are the business applications, but this personal one as well. So now they're dub doubling down yet again on another thing, and it's called Google Assistant. Google Assistant will see whatever's on your screen at the time, provide conversational, uh, two-way conversation um, help 
for whatever you need, really. So you can have, you know, intelligent follow-up questions. So if it's like, um, hey, book a reservation at a cafe nearby. Okay, do you want uh, this price range? Yes. And, and then you can say, but how about something that offers this? And so, like, you can kind of tier your conversation, and it remembers your past questions, and it builds off of that. And it can also see everything that's on the screen, so it can, you know, remember that you said this four more steps back, or, or, or and so on and so forth. So it's just an intelligent two-way conversation assistant that now can kind of tie into Google data and, and, and basically help you with anything you need. And they said it's the, the natural kind of evolution for the way Google search was going because Google search has become more intelligent over the years. And, uh, and, and they've been able to use Google Translate for when you're out and about and, and you know, let's say you're in another country and you need another language. And they can put all of these pieces together that all you have to do is ask the one thing, Google Assistant, help me with this, and it can help you with all of the moving pieces all in one place. So that's it, Google Assistant? Like, it's, an, it's the answer to Siri, but, uh, you know, there's Siri, there's Cortana, they sort of, like, humanize it, right? But they're just going with Google Assistant? Yeah, so, so it's a little bit different. Uh, you know, Apple's Siri was one of the first kind of consumer-focused virtual assistant, um, but it's honestly struggled to keep up a little bit. It's hard to have these kind of conversational back and forth. You can do some quick, you know, commands on your phone you can do um, a quick question like hey you know how's the toronto blue jays doing and they'll give you the stats but it's still very much a one-way street uh, whereas this takes it a step further and it's saying no this is like you're chatting with a real person it can go back and forth it can remember your history it knows all of this about you and the more you use it the more it learns about you and uh, so it's kind of taking this idea of, of a virtual assistant to the next level and they're basically saying hey it's still early days we realize but we we think, you know, artificial intelligence and virtual assistants is the next big thing. So we are going to really build it out. It sounds like sure. the hardware game is getting, you know, pretty science fiction. We've got these assistants and we've got virtual reality, which I want to ask you about. Like, is this just a gimmick or is virtual reality really going to become a part of our lives soon? Yeah. So they also announced the, the Daydream View and it's going to be uh, $99 here in Canada. And, uh, and Pixel will be the first kind of phone that is designed hand-in-hand to, to work with it. And it's, you know, it's a, a headset that goes on your on your head and, and you slide your phone in and it comes with a little controller and you can play apps, play games and such. And so now to answer your question, I so I've been poking around in this space for a little bit now and I've talked with developers, I've talked with um, startups here in, in Toronto actually uh, about things that they're doing. And I it's definitely not a gimmick. It's here to stay. It's just a question of, how much so there's a, a big business to business kind of element where uh you know let's say you're you you work in a trade and you want to get some hands-on training on um you know working electrical work or something like you put it on a virtual headset and, and a virtual reality headset and actually kind of learn how to do tasks so there's a lot of business applications that's being used right now um or it, you know if you're an architect and you're designing a building well now you can walk around the building and you can see you know, what each room looks like, and, and, and you can actually see the scale, or artists are using it to paint in, in 3D. Um, so there's a lot of that element. Now, from a consumer point of view, uh, you're st- I think it's still going to be here to stay. It's just a question of how, you know, integrated into society. Right now, on a consumer level, it's still primarily focused on kind of the gaming space. And I think it's still going to take a little bit to, to get past that. You know, with the, the PlayStation VR, that's going to be the big thing that's going to move virtual reality into the mainstream for sure. Uh, but it's just a question of, of how intense 
um, the, the mainstream population is going to pick it up. So just to clarify, you know, you're talking about walking around this room, like to see blueprints. You know, we've seen online. Maybe our listeners don't really know the whole VR concept. Like you were in a virtual reality, and if you're walking around this room, are you physically doing the walking, or you mentioned a controller as well to help with the movements? Right, right. So it depends on which which one you're using, but generally you have a controller in your, in your hand, and you can move around, and that's how you kind of go forward and back. Um, but you can look around in a 360-degree space. So as you're moving around with the controller, you can look with your head literally anywhere as if you're in this other world. Okay, interesting. Well, just shifting focus a little bit, as I mentioned, I'm uh, keen to have you on the other line. I want your advice. I'm due for a hardware upgrade. We've got cell phones exploding. We've got new headphones without headphone jacks. It seems like a, a big war between devices. So I'm just wondering what sort of advice you might offer somebody who's, you know, looking for a new piece of hardware. How would you tackle that? Yeah, it, it really depends on kind of the applications that you want to use and what you want to get out of it. If you're looking at for something that's great right out of the box, uh, very consumer-friendly, um, I mean, you can't go wrong still with the Apple iPhone, especially, you know, the new ones that just came out, the 7 and the 7 Plus. Um, the cameras are fantastic. So if you're just walking around, snapping some photos, uh, you know, you're doing all your selfies. I mean, you, you can't go wrong with, with the iPhone. Google Android, on the other hand, it's, it's, a, it's a lot um, stronger if you like to tinker with your phones, if you like to customize and, and, and change your fonts, or, or if you've already integrated it kind of into Google's suite of apps. So in terms of actual phones, this Pixel is actually pretty fantastic. I haven't got my hands on at a length on the device yet, but just having it you know, designed and, and working with the software hand-in-hand, um, and then Google is offering you know, unlimited storage space, so photos and videos as much as you want in the cloud uh, if you buy it, um, and just the vertical integration involved. And it's kind of like now if you're looking at Android, with Google stepping up to the plate and designing this hardware, you know, companies like Samsung, companies like HTC, like they're going to be worried now because that was kind of their space. If you wanted Android, hey, we've got a flagship device here, uh, and you're going to use it. Um, and, and actually, Samsung has been very open saying, hey, we're working on our own operating system too, so if we ever want to back out of Android, uh, we're ready to go with our own operating system, and we can do that if, if we feel that the space is getting too competitive. So I really feel like it's your kind of options right now is if, if you dig um, the Android operating system, then this Google Pixel phone would definitely be the choice to go with. Um, it comes out around October 20th, so it's not quite out yet. You can pre-order it. But on the other hand, if you want to you know, go where the, the, the larger amount of apps are or if you want to just a little bit more you know, point-and-shoot kind of phone like that works out of the box, the Apple iPhone would probably be the, the way to go. Well, that's great information, Josh. Thanks for the thorough advice. Appreciate you taking the time to talk to us, and I'll call you in the future. Hey, my pleasure. It's always great to chat, John. Now, for specific product reviews and to make sure you've got the latest on the tech beat, you're going to want to follow Josh on Twitter, at Josh McConnell. That's two N's and two L's. He's a good follow. Well, that's our show for today. Thanks a lot to you for listening and to all my guests this week. A reminder that we'd like your feedback for future episodes. You can send your comments or story ideas to at John May 680 News on Twitter, or you can reach the listener line at 416-872-6800. Your recorded comments could make it on to future episodes. I'm John Mace, and thanks for listening.